Welcome to Flirting with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mandana Yousefi, and this is my boo, Ian Reese. Hey, Ian. Hey, babe. What's up? You know, I've been thinking a lot about everything you've been teaching me when it comes to other cryptocurrencies. Just understanding the other things that are happening in the Bitcoin adjacent world. It's brought me back to my focus should be on Bitcoin. 100%. You've definitely convinced me and I'm like upset over how messy and chaotic the cryptocurrency world is. It's, it's like a turn off. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very similar to the early days of the internet. People are trying to stake their claim on what they think this new thing is going to be. Only problem is that Bitcoin got there first. And there are people who have figured that out, but they're still trying to make their money. There is a lot of messiness in the cryptocurrency community, but there are also some like really interesting companies that are being built specifically on the Bitcoin protocol and technology that are really ahead of their time. I think that we're going to look back on some of these companies the way we look back on, oh man, if I got in on PayPal, these like fundamental companies that we all rely on, those are starting to be recreated in the Bitcoin world. All right, let's get into it. So Bitcoin is the one that we should be focusing on. Cool. I'm in. But I'm sure there's shysty people in the Bitcoin world. So who are the legit visionary, you know, companies leading the way towards a pure and elegant uh, Bitcoin industry. Well, first of all, let me say that was a great Russell Brand impression. <laughs> um, hand motions and all. Y'all couldn't see it. Yeah, so there are a couple of what I believe are visionaries in the Bitcoin space. And I don't want to like list them all off because I, that would just, I feel like I'd still end up leaving somebody <laughs> off, right? There are a couple of apps that I think if you are going to be a person that wants to specifically support Bitcoin and specifically support the Bitcoin community, there are a few apps uh, that you should probably exclusively use. For the purpose of like today's episode, let's just talk about the apps of like buying Bitcoin. So the app that everyone has heard us talk about on the podcast, Strike, that's just one of like four apps that I use pretty much on a daily basis or have used over the past five years, I think people should use when, when buying Bitcoin. Why do you need multiple apps? <laughs> Why isn't one enough? Well, it's not that you need multiple apps. It's that I have tried out different apps over the years and then I've settled on one and then something new came out and there was a bunch of others that I tried and then I settled on a new one. You wow, know? you get around. It's a very new space and there's new stuff happening all the time and you can't just sit still and say, okay, I got what I need for, for the rest of forever right? Like there's new stuff coming out at literally every day. Strike is one of those like visionary companies, I would say. So we've talked a lot about El Salvador and how Bitcoin is like legal tender there. Strike is a company that facilitated that. Is Strike the app that El Salvador used to give everyone Bitcoin? No, no, no. That was a app that was built specifically for the El Salvadorian people. And that was called Chivo. In essence, Strike and Chivo function the same way. And that's the thing about it is what Strike has built, it's not exclusive to Strike. Anyone can build what Strike is, but Strike is the 
first one to have done it. And it's working really well for them. And the CEO had this vision of how he thinks the Bitcoin world and the fiat world should work together. What's this vision? The simplest way to explain it is borderless money. And to understand the vision, you kind of have to understand how the world moves money around today. It's not very easy. Um, just moving money from the United States to El Salvador, if you wanted to move dollars, it's not easy. And they charge people to do that like and double. it takes time. Yeah, it takes time, but they charge like 20 to 30% mm -hmm. fees to move money as well. Now, part of that is greed, I would say. But the other part of that is some of that is just based on the operating costs of being able to run that business. So then Strike comes along and says, I can do exactly what like Western Union is doing for pennies on the dollar. The government of El Salvador was, was basically like, show me. And it's working. People all across the world can get money into El Salvador now through Bitcoin. Wherever you are in the world, convert your currency to Bitcoin and you can send it to anyone in El Salvador basically for free. And before Strike and Chivo, that was literally impossible. Ah, that's so exciting. That's to send money into a place that I wouldn't say they're an ally, but we're not enemies of El Salvador, right? Now let's move up to literally today. If you want to give someone money in Russia right now because they don't have access to their money, you can't. You cannot send someone in Russia money right now, but you can send them Bitcoin. Yep. It's this borderless money concept. These walls of like, oh, that's the United States dollar and that's the Eurozone and all that fun stuff. That's just made up borders so that those group of people can control the money inside of those made up borders. Bitcoin says, no, you plug into the network, you can talk to any, you can give money to anybody. Anybody can give with to anyone. And that's the way the world worked for a very long time. <laughs> that is the way the world worked for the majority of the world. This idea of I have US dollars and I cannot send them to someone in Russia is a very new concept to the, the history of humanity. People are growing up in it thinking that's the only way that it's been. It's not how it's been. It's ridiculous. Because it used to be gold coins. Mm -hmm. And gold coins are gold coins anywhere. Now, Bitcoin is Bitcoin anywhere. So Strike is an app worthy of support. Okay, you got me. I have Strike on my phone. I'm supporting them. Who else is out there? The second app that I would mention is Cash App. Oh, I have Cash App. I think a lot more people have Cash App than have Strike. And the reason is, is because A, Cash App's been around longer, but only until recently did Cash App really support like Bitcoin, right? It wasn't origin, it wasn't purpose built for Bitcoin. But they also do other cryptos, so they're not Bitcoin exclusive. That's actually not true. They only do Bitcoin. Tell me more. So Cash App only supports Bitcoin because Jack Dorsey is the founder of Cash App. Up until recently, he was basically working at Twitter and Square, which was what makes Cash App. And when he was at Twitter, he would, he would talk about Bitcoin and people knew that he was into Bitcoin. But I think there was an assumption that he was like into crypto and was just talking about Bitcoin. But at the very end of his tenure at Twitter, he basically wrote a manifesto about how Bitcoin was gonna fix the world, dropped the mic, <laughs> leaves Twitter, goes to work full time on Cash App World and Square and all this stuff. And he's basically saying, I'm gonna build a company that is going to be the payment rails for the world. And we're going to do that on the back of the Bitcoin protocol, not on the back of JPEGs, <laughs> right? Not on the back of coins named after dogs. No, we're going to build a payment rails for the entire world built on the backs of Bitcoin. I love the drama of it all. It was very dramatic. <laughs> There's a lot of Silicon Valley, like insider baseball. Jack Dorsey was 
thought to be part of that that clique of people that were building up Silicon Valley. And Bitcoin, as we've talked about on this podcast, is kind of the anti-venture capital concept, right? There's no initial investment. You don't get to get in first and then hype it up and sell, right? You don't, there's, that doesn't exist with Bitcoin. It was fair from day one. So none of the VCs can make any money off of it. That's why you have all these altcoins because they can make money off of altcoins because they can get in early. Such scams. Right. So Jack Dorsey, when he wrote this manifesto and basically laid out how Bitcoin, it was Bitcoin or nothing, he separated himself from all those people. The Bitcoin community was like... That was some virtue signaling. <laughs> well, you could call it virtue signaling, but I, the, the, the community also thinks that Jack Dorsey was always Bitcoin only, but he couldn't really talk like that when he was at Twitter. And so he basically was just like biting his tongue and watching what the VCs were doing to try to like suppress Bitcoin and create all these altcoins and create all these scams. And he just watched them do it all to basically not only gather evidence, <laughs> but to gather a game plan of like, when I leave Twitter, how am I going to compete with all of those scams that they've put together? At least I understand the scams because they thought I was in on it, huh. right? So that's like a theory Ooh, that's being floated around. I would watch this Netflix series. It's more interesting. <laughs> in my opinion, it's a little bit, it's definitely more interesting than like the social network drama, movie drama. Oh, right? 100%. I don't think there's any drama in just like jacking someone's idea and beating them to market first. But Jack Dorsey literally sat inside of the system and game planned a way to come out and go build this new world that's built on Bitcoin. He didn't have to do that, but he's obviously a Bitcoiner. He obviously gets it. When you get it that much, it's not virtue signaling. Like you truly believe that stuff. Fair enough. Um, so Cash App is another place that I think people should buy Bitcoin in its, instead of exchanges, right? All right. You've made two great cases. What's the third company? Third and fourth company are very similar and there's a bunch more like them, but these are two that I think are interesting. They have a product that kind of forces people into a longer term vision. They don't present you a product that says you can make a lot of money buying and selling Bitcoin. Their apps are more buy Bitcoin, hold it because you understand what you're buying and we're not going to present you with this casino of options. It's just Bitcoin or nothing. If you don't want Bitcoin, don't come here. Yeah, like the Strike app is also like that. It's so empty. <laughs> yeah, it's very minimalist and it's designed to keep you focused on the task at hand, mm, Okay. which is in the Strike app, you don't have to just buy Bitcoin. You can have dollars in your Strike app. If you see something online that you want to buy and it says pay with Bitcoin, you can use the Strike app to pay. And when you scan the QR code, it'll just convert your dollars into the appropriate amount of Bitcoin and off it goes. So all you see is a bunch of dollars leave, but the person that you're buying it from gets Bitcoin. So if we were internationally traveling, we would just be spending Bitcoin everywhere we went. Pretty much, yes. That'll be the future. Yeah, and so if we go to El Salvador, we don't have to use a credit card anywhere that they accept Bitcoin. Nor do we have to pay any like international conversion fees. We would just load our Strike app up with dollars. Beautiful. And then just scan stuff. <laughs> they get Bitcoin, we lose dollars. So Strike app does that. What are these other two doing? Um, so the first one is uh, this company called Swan, um, Swan Bitcoin. Swan is a really cool product because they only let you buy and sell Bitcoin and their, their company and their app are focused around like Bitcoin education as well. 
a lot of stuff that I've learned and read has basically come out of the Swan, you know, content creation team or whatever. Oh, that's pretty cool. Because like you said, you have to stay in the know and that's useful. (laughs) In addition to staying in the know, the thesis of the company, or at least in my opinion, the thesis of the company is if you educate people, they will not go to the casino, right? Like if you somehow end up on the Swan app first, if they somehow get you first (laughs) and they present you with just a little bit of education before you purchase, or maybe a little bit of education after you purchase, the theory there is that the more you learn about Bitcoin, the less likely you are to go to what I call the casino, but like Coinbase or Kraken or all these places where you can, the the options are limitless. And so I like to, I like to promote and support companies like, like that because I do believe that education is a very big part of Bitcoin. And it's the lack of education about what Bitcoin is that causes so much confusion because it's about a hundred hours worth of learning Dang. to understand Bitcoin. Or just listen to flirting with Bitcoin. <laughs> no, it'll be a hundred hours worth of listening to us. Like it's it's a joke, but it's it's a hundred hours. You yeah, have to commit. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. Anyone who hasn't done the hundred hours, it's like so easy to spot them because they will say certain things that just let you know you haven't done your homework. And one of the big ones is when people start talking about the energy usage of Bitcoin. Like that is like the new easiest signal to for people to give. If you come to me and talking about how much energy Bitcoin uses, there's no reason for me to really talk to you about Bitcoin because you don't actually know what Bitcoin is. It used to be other things, but now that the Bitcoin community has like done the research and the math and all of this thinking around, no, the energy usage is good. The energy usage is what gives it value. For you to say it uses too much is you saying, well, use less so you have less value. Yeah. But less energy usage means it's less secure, which means it has less value. <laughs> That's like the new one. And anytime someone brings that up with me, I just, if they say energy usage, I just- I know, you shut off. It's not that I shut off. It's just like, <laughs> all right, tell me, tell me what you think. Yeah. So what's the fourth company? Um, So the fourth company is an app called Amber, the Amber app. It was started by a person in the Bitcoin community that is considered to be very toxic. Really? Yeah. But that's, in my opinion, a misnomer. I would just say that he, he is a hardcore Bitcoiner. When I say I shut off when people start mentioning energy, (laughs) he'll either battle you (laughs) or won't even acknowledge your existence. But he's written some really interesting think pieces in the Bitcoin community. One of them is the concept of the remnant. I think I've talked about this on the podcast. The concept of the remnant, in my opinion, is part of that like visionary aspect. You're thinking way out into the future. If this plays out the way that we think it will, what does that mean? When he talks about the remnant, he talks about there are going to be people that are basically not free anymore. Like you will be in a subservient class because you will not actually own anything. Bitcoin is the only thing that you can actually own. Your house, your car, your land, all of that can be seized by the government. So Bitcoin is this new invention that you can actually hold. They can't take it from you. They can't inflate it away. That's a form Mm -hmm. of taxing you, right? They can't seize it. Well, you know, they can technically seize it if they get you and they get your keys and all that fun stuff. But if they can't get their hands on you or your keys, they can't seize it from you the way they just did Russia. Right. So that's Russia. They treated Russia like Canada treated those protesters. If they can do that to Russia, they will do it to anyone. 
That being said, in this world where there are people who understand that and people who don't, the people who understand that will then only give their energy and labor to receiving Bitcoin because that will be an actual asset that you can own as a person. And so in the future, they're going to be, and this is again like the visionary side of it, there is basically going to be the free people and the not free people. And the free people will probably be more technologically advanced because the money isn't corrupted, which means you can actually have innovation at a normal pace, not this inflated innovation because we just print money and give it to a bunch of people and they just waste so much money creating scam companies. It's so frustrating. That's because the money that they were given wasn't real money. They just printed it up. It's all fake. It's a friend of a friend of a friend and you just give it to them, right? But in Bitcoin world, it's like, if I give you Bitcoin to run a company, that's Bitcoin that I don't have now. I can't go print more, right? So the remnant will be this group of people that actually have the technology, the innovation, the knowledge, and the freedom. And the people who don't... They're not going to know how to navigate in the world. And maybe on a long enough timeline, we'll look back on, you know, Halloween 2008 as the species split. Like that might actually be a period of speciation. If it was in your genetics to understand what Bitcoin <laughs> is, depending how soon you understand it, you will prosper and reproduce. And if it's not in your genes to understand what Bitcoin Bitcoin is, you might also prosper, but you will just be producing more people in a corrupt world that will also be stuck in that world. I just think that's a very fascinating idea. When I read that, it was like, oh, and he has an app. And so the Amber app is like this really cool app. It's very similar to Swan, um, less on the educational side, but more on the like hardcore Bitcoin side. One of the cool things or funny things that they they have in the app is there's this Bitcoin hater in the world. His name is Peter Schiff and he's always dumping on Bitcoin. He's always trolling the Bitcoin people. And Peter Schiff is like this big gold guy. So he's written like a ton of books about how the crash is coming for like the past 20 years or whatever and how everyone should buy gold. That's Peter Schiff, right? And here's Bitcoin on the scene. What's he got to say about Bitcoin? He doesn't think Bitcoin is real. And he thinks that eventually people will come to their senses, sell all their Bitcoin and go buy gold. <laughs> Because all the people who have Bitcoin currently used to have gold and sold their gold to get Bitcoin? <laughs> no. So the Amber app has this feature called buy the Schiff. And so they have like a little bot that's watching Peter Schiff's Twitter account. And anytime he mentions the word Bitcoin in any of his tweets, you can have an allocated amount of money to buy Bitcoin. That's funny. So it's called the buy the Schiff feature. Right? Wow, petty. It's petty, oh, right? I like it. And I so like, like this guy. <laughs> so that's so the guy that runs the guy that owns runs Amber, his name is Svetsky. Like that's him. Nice. Right? Like the app has a uh anti-troll or we're gonna benefit off a troll. I don't know what you want to call it, but I just think it's hilarious. We right? love a toxic king. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I don't think he's toxic. I just think he's um honest. If you really are thinking in that visionary mindset, you probably feel like there's a lot of pressure on you because other people aren't taking it as seriously. And so yeah, why are you gonna Yeah, you're not gonna have time for other people's bullshit. Good for him. Good for all of these companies. Yeah, and there's a ton more companies that we'll probably mention on, on later episodes. The four companies I just listed, if you are a person who's listening and who has not bought Bitcoin yet and is considering buying Bitcoin, I highly recommend that you get your Bitcoin through one of these companies 
because these are the companies that are actually supporting like the Bitcoin community and the Bitcoin ecosystem um, versus a company like Coinbase who sells, I don't know, like hundreds of coins. They don't really care. They put them all up as though they're equal and you're supposed to make the decision on which one to buy. These guys are a little more opinionated. They're telling you which one to buy. It's the only one they'll sell you. You hear that guys? Ian's telling us it's time we commit. <laughs> It's refreshing to think about a group of people within this industry that are thinking so far ahead in the future beyond the problems that we're dealing with today. It's assuring. Yeah. Bitcoins, it's been around for a decade and there have been a lot of intellectual battles in this space and there has been some consensus on what Bitcoin is or at least what it's not. I think these companies are being run by people who really buy into what that consensus is and are trying to push that consensus forward and create more consensus. So, okay, let's say I get really curious and I download all these apps and I'm using them to buy Bitcoin. What happens when tax season comes around? If you don't sell your Bitcoin, there's no taxable event. Yeah, but what if you do? I mean, that's a conversation for another day. Ooh, cliffhanger. <laughs> Thank you.